One man, one mission, to equip the Church of Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit and awaken the Church to the voice of the Spirit. David Cuppet brings to you the School of the Holy Spirit from one of his many missions from around the world, where he aligns with apostolic leaders to eradicate spiritual blindness and reveal the true authority of believers in Christ to prophesy, heal the sick, raise the dead, and cleanse the lepers. Open your heart and get ready to receive all that the Holy Spirit has for you in this week's session of the School of the Holy Spirit. School is in session. All right, how's everybody doing tonight? Are you ready? Yes. Do you believe the prophecies spoken here tonight? Could they really be real? Yes. Could they really be from God? Yes. Well, just to kind of set the stage for you, I believe them. Um, you know, wisdom and revelation, right? Paul said to pray for wisdom and revelation, right? That you would know Christ, right? The supernatural, it's, you can't learn Christ without the supernatural. It's imparted. You can't read the Bible alone without the Holy Spirit. You, it's impossible for a man to interpret. It's got to be imparted, right? It's not possible without the Holy Ghost, right? So who needs more wisdom and revelation? Yeah. Amen. So the, the budding part, right? There, there's always a new thing. There's always a more. There's always more. Come on, Seth, say it with me. More. Come on, right? There's more wisdom. There's more revelation, right? There's more. There's always a new thing, right? We got a word that there's there's a new. The Lord's doing a new thing. So. Are you expecting an impartation? Right? Right? The kingdom is imparted. Right? And so um, that's kind of a perfect setup. This is my my new book. It's titled Wisdom-Filled Warriors. Um, Half the book is about wisdom and revelation and how wisdom and revelation plays the most crucial role there is in the, the world of deliverance and having dominion in the world that you live in. Right? Most, most Christians, most uh, people that walk into churches have a victim mentality. But Jesus is awakening people to believe in the Holy Spirit to such a degree that you expect the Lord to show up and have dominion and right and release wisdom and revelation everywhere you go because you're the door of heaven, right? You are the door. You are a supernatural opening of heaven that literally brings heaven everywhere you go, right? So wisdom and revelation flows through you, right? So it's not just about receiving. It's actually about being a door to release wisdom and revelation. It's a flip mentality, right? So if you expect Jesus is with you the whole time, it's not like i got to cry out to my dad for more. It's actually I am the more. I am taking the more into the new place. And it's a war mentality. It's actually an invasion mentality that you cannot be stopped. Are you with me, church? <laughs> Amen. And uh, we got a stack of books over there. If anybody wants to buy one, anybody want this one? You want that one? All right. Um, so, you know, that book um, was birthed out of a season last year where um, in the fall, or I'm sorry, yeah, in the spring of uh, 21, yeah, I'm, pro- I, I'm getting so old, I can't remember what year it is. And so last year, in the, in the spring of, of 21, you know, we had that School of the Holy Spirit we were doing weekly with, you know, we had a bunch of pastors, a bunch of different church people in the city of Toledo, where we were, you know, just bringing the power of the Holy Ghost and equipping pastors and, and some other things were happening there. And all of a sudden, the Lord out of the blue said, I want you to stop the school and I want you to pray for two things. And he says, I want you to pray to be sent to the woman at the well. And I want you to be sent. I want you to pray to be sent to the man chained to the tombs. And so I stopped the school and I started to pray. And I suddenly started getting these phone calls. Kansas City, Rochester, Virginia, Redding, California. I mean, just crazy stories of people calling me and saying, hey, I read your first book. Can you come? We don't really have a big church or anything. We've got like 50 people we gather in a, in a living room. I had this millionaire that, that we're working with in Kansas City. We go into this millionaire's house and he's got like 50, 60 people. And we're, we're praying and prophesying over people and casting devils out of people till 4 a.m. in a millionaire's house. Right? 
And, you know, the walk with the Lord is supposed to be a supernatural walk. When you expect that wisdom and revelation is going to flow through you, you literally, when he says, stop this, start that, it's because he wants to open a door to a new thing, right? So what are you willing to stop so that he can actually start the new thing, right? You, you literally, you have to hear and be willing to give up, literally let go of what you thought it was to grab hold of what he wants to pour out, right? Wisdom and revelation have to flow through you. It's not just like a pond, you're a river, right? You're not a pond, you're a river. So wisdom and revelation is connected to purpose, right? It's, it's not just like you're getting it because, oh, that's wow. No, wisdom and revelation is actually to give away, right? Jesus gave away the kingdom, right? Amen? And so, um, before I continue, I, I got I to gotta do something. The Lord won't leave me alone. Um, does anybody in here smell roses? Does a rose mean anything to anybody? Is there any, many, anybody in here who's been seeing roses? Who? Um, visions of roses? Anything about Roses? All right, well, I got a person, I got a vision of a person that Jesus wants to give a rose to. And so <laughs> if, 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 that, if, if you're bearing witness that, that the, 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 the thing about smelling roses and, and roses in your life, um, here's the vision, okay? Um, I, saw, uh, I saw this person carrying a cross in the, uh, the Via Della Rosa, is that the, uh, the place where Jesus was on the way to Golgotha, right? And a person, I saw this person in a hard place, and I saw Jesus walk up and hand him a rose. And when he handed him the rose, strength came into the person, and they were able to carry their cross fully to the place that they were called to carry it. And there's a scripture in, in uh, the scripture in Isaiah 35, verse 1, it says, The wilderness shall be glad uh, because the, the, the rose will blossom. In the midst of desolation, the rose will actually blossom. And so I prophesy over you that no matter how hard the situation is in your life right now, that there's strength coming into your life and the wilderness is going to blossom as a rose. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. So continuing on our thing here. So... Um, so one of the biggest themes and where that new book came from, um, man, everywhere I went, it's like the Lord was doing this new thing. He was shifting it. He was shifting away from just getting people baptized in the Holy Spirit. And it's almost like every person I started to prophesy over, they fall to the ground and demons start flying out of people. And the whole room gets trained in deliverance ministry. You guys have been trained in deliverance ministry? Some, some people are shaking their head. Um, and so I sat down to, you know, I, I wasn't planning on writing a book. I wrote two books. I wrote one in the end of 19. I wrote one last year, uh, finished it in the beginning of 21. And then all of a sudden October comes and boom, the Lord says, you're writing this book. And like two weeks, that book came out. And, um, so the question is, um, who, if, if, I, if, I, if I need to, if, if I can meddle a little bit, I, I'm going to ask a couple questions. Who here has seen deliverance? Raise your hands. Keep your hands up if, you, if you've seen deliverance. Seen it. If you've actually seen a demon come out of something. Who here has um, actually cast a demon out of somebody? A handful of you. Who here has cast a demon out of yourself. <laughs> Everybody, put your hands up. <laughs> All right. Who here believes that demons cause sickness and disease? Amen? Who here believes that you're anointed to cast out demons? I'm not moving on until I see everybody's hand up. You are anointed to cast out demons. Right? Jesus said this in Mark 16. These signs will follow those that believe in my name. You will cast out devils. Right? You will pray in tongues. 
And the third thing, the third thing was take up serpents. Do you take up serpents? Right? I'm not talking about West Virginia church, and I'm, I'm not making fun of West Virginia. I used to live in West Virginia. I did a lot of ministry in West Virginia. But in some of the deep woods places in West Virginia, they literally took that scripture to mean that if they could hold a viper in their hands without getting bit, then they had faith. And if it bit them, that meant they didn't have faith that day. Right? That, that is not the correct interpretation of that scripture. And we'll, we'll get to that here in a second. Um, but the point is, you're anointed to cast out devils. Right? And if you know that demons cause sickness and disease, are you fighting the devil with a mentality, with an expectation of dominating that devil every day of your life? Yes. Really? Yes. yes? Well, then why is the majority of the church such a victim to the demonic world? Most of the church runs out and gets a prescription before they start fighting the demonic. Amen. Huh? They do. Most of the church is, is, they know about the Bible, but they don't practice the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost picks fights. Jesus picks fights. We'll get to that here in a minute. But, you know, the Bible's pretty clear about the rule of the demonic in our lives. The demonic is real, right? The demonic isn't like, well, if I don't bother them, they won't bother me. We have an agreement. They stay over here. And I just hang out here. I go to church, put my hands up on Sundays and go about my business during the week and everything's good. We're we're good, right? Demons don't bother me. I don't bother them. That's a lie. That's called a deceived mentality. Because the the reality is that um, Christianity is about warfare. Your whole world is about warfare. Your whole world is about having dominion in the garden, the very place that Adam gave up his dominion and Jesus returned to a garden in prayer to go to war to have victory in a garden, right? So it's not, it's not about a mentality of just sitting in a pew. It's about a mentality that Jesus carried while he walked on the earth and what the Holy Spirit carries as he walks on the earth with us. Amen. And so curses are real, right? In the book of Exodus, when the Lord gave the Ten Commandments, um, chapter Exodus chapter 20, he said that the curse will come upon the third and fourth generation. If you look at if you look at your bloodline, if you look at your parents, your grandparents, there's things that your parent, parents and grandparents had to deal with that you deal with. You think that's just a coincidence? You think that's just DNA? Come on, man. That's just, you know, the scientists say that's just DNA. It's just crooked bodies. Crooked bodies produce crooked bodies. Right? Now, if you believe scripturally that our war is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, then you recognize that curses play the most significant role in your brokenness, in your limitation, in your inability. There is a curse a demonic power assigned to keep you broken. Because if it can keep you broken and out of your purpose and calling, then there is no way that Satan and his minions have to worry about you becoming a weapon in the kingdom. And so the quicker you get to the revelation that there is a demon after your life, the quicker you get to the revelation that you have to, to be in a warfare mentality, that you wake up every day with an expectation to cast out devils, sometimes out of yourself, take up serpents, sometimes working in your family, right? I don't know anybody who grew spiritually in in the church or in Christ that didn't walk out of a revelation of warfare. You've got to have a revelation of warfare to step into your calling. And so the Bible, I'm just going to read a couple, uh, read a list of spirits that the Bible references. Because a lot of people, a lot of people, you know, they glaze over a lot of the spiritual stuff, especially when it gets to, to the demonic world. Okay? Uh, I don't bother them. They won't bother me. Let's just skip to, what does that mean? Let's, and, I, and I think what I, want to, what I want to piece together for you tonight 
And what is the main theme of that book? You guys heard the prophecy before before this all started about this heart cry about the Lord wanting to pour out wisdom and revelation and wisdom and revelation. The message I'm giving you is wisdom and revelation is connected to warfare. And if you're not in warfare, you're wasting it. If you're getting it. You with me? Wisdom and revelation is for warfare. You are limited and bound as a person in, in a fleshly body. And the Lord is awaking you up. He's, he's awakening you. He's giving you wisdom and revelation to deal with the specific situation. The certain problem you're dealing with. He's got the answer that will kick that devil in the teeth. Amen. He's got the answer. That's what wisdom and revelation is. He is the almighty. He is the wise one. He's got the revelatory answer for your situation. Right. And so I'm just going to rattle off a list of these spirits. And if they if any of them hit home, well, maybe, maybe we'll deal with them later tonight. Bob, in the Bible, we've got a familiar spirit, spirit of jealousy, evil spirit, sorrowful spirit, lying spirit, prideful spirit, perverse spirit, spirit of heaviness, oppressive spirit, lunatic spirit, <laughs> spirit of whoredom. We've got an unclean spirit, a deaf, dumb spirit, spirit of infirmity, spirit of divination, spirit of witchcraft, spirit of sorcery, spirit of bondage, spirit of slumber. Spirit of fear, spirit of lust, spirit of antichrist, spirit of death, spirit of error, seducing spirit, spirit of disobedience, spirit of murder, spirit of suicide, and the list goes on. Does that hit home with anybody dealing with anything in here tonight? Oh, well, you know, if I just leave the devil alone, I'll just fight, fight my battle. We'll go to the hospital and have the doctor heal me. What if the doctor gives you medicine that only masks the problem? And you go for decades never having that demon scared to death of you, never having that demon driven out of you and seeing your body healed. Do you know that in the, in the New Covenant, in the New Testament, a third of Jesus' ministry, when people got healed, involved the casting out of devils, Right? The boy that was thrown, thrown himself in the fire, deaf, dumb spirit, come out. The woman that was bent over, right, for 18 years, it, it says that she had a spirit of infirmity, right? All these references of their health issue, their mental state, the, the man chained to the tombs, right? He cast legion out of the man chained to the tombs. He cried out day and night in mental anguish and heaviness and brokenness, right? Well, if I just go get the right meds, there's nobody in here just goes and gets the right meds, do you? You don't have to answer that. But Jesus said this. Jesus said this in Luke 11, verse 20. But if I cast out demons by the finger of God, surely the kingdom has come upon you. So why would Jesus say that casting out a demon is, is the kingdom. It is the power of heaven bringing deliverance into your life. The, you know what the finger is? The, the Holy Ghost, the reach, the reach of God, the mercy of God coming into your life, driving that demon out, casting it out, right? And he's looking for people who have, will have a like mind, who will walk in his anointing, who will take up serpents and cast out demons. Amen? Can you think of anything from that list that you might have to deal with tonight? You don't have to answer the question. Just think about it. <laughs> I saw all these hands going up. No, I'm joking. <laughs> but here's the deal. Jesus hunted these spirits. You guys are asking for wisdom and revelation. One of the gifts of the Holy Spirit is the gift of discernment. Jesus hunted these serpents. He hunted them. He hated, he, not only did he hunt them, he hated them. Jesus had no tolerance for a demon. In fact, Jesus says this, the prophecy of Jesus coming in Isaiah 63, verse four, it says, the, my father's vengeance is in my heart. You know what vengeance is? 
If you don't understand that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, that you are washed free by the blood of Jesus, you won't understand his vengeance. Because instead of you recognizing that the anger of the Lord is against the demonic realm and what Satan did to steal his people, you'll think that the judgment of God is coming upon you because you're a bad guy. There's not anybody that thinks you're bad in here that you'll never measure up. Guess what? You're not supposed to measure up. You're supposed to believe in the one true God, Jesus Christ, who actually went to the cross, took your sin to the grave, came up out of the grave with the keys of death, sin, and, and, and all power in his hands. And he said, you stay in this city. I'm going to give you the power of the Holy Ghost. And in the righteousness that I give you, you also will walk in the justice, the vengeance of God, and you will cast out devils. You also have the same love for my father and hatred for evil. You see, the problem with the church is most of the church is in this middle gray area. They don't understand the extreme love of God. And therefore, they don't understand the extreme hate and anger of Satan and hell. They hate you. And you know what? They don't just come up in your face and say, I'm here to fight. They keep, they deceive you. Just sit back. Try to endure it on your own. Just sit back and be a good little Christian. You don't have to fight a devil. You don't have to fight me. You don't have to fight that curse that your father and your mom couldn't break. And now you have to deal with. Just sit back. But that's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, love me with all your heart, all your mind, all your strength, all your soul. Chase after me with all you you have, and I will share my heart with you. And together, we will have a hatred for evil. Jesus said it. Love what is good. Hate what is evil. You are allowed to hate what is evil. Say this. Say, Jesus, give me a revelation of every evil thing working in my life. And you're calling me right now to hate. You see, if you don't hate it, you tolerate it. Come on, man. If you don't hate it, that means you've rationalized an ability and a way to just endure it on your own. Tolerate it. I believe in Jesus, but I'm still just going to be sick. I'm still just going to endure the mental torment, the heaviness. I'll just take on the oppression, but I'm still in the pew. Come on, man. There is no middle ground. There is no middle ground. Jesus wants you put over here literally screaming at the devil. Oh, you got all these theologies. Oh, everything's not a devil. Well, listen, I can give you story after story of normal people like you. And all of a sudden I start prophesying to them. They they fall to the ground and demons start flying out of people. I've seen more demons in the last year than I probably saw in 10 years previous. Okay, and the Lord is doing a new thing because Jesus is saying enough is enough. I'm picking a fight in this season. My people are not going to be afraid and scared of a government, of a move of the demonic realm on earth in this time and season. You're going to be the one that dictates the time and the season because I'm opening a door of revelation in you, a door of domination in you, that you are the victor. You are the one who dominates the evil one. You're not a victim. Turn to your neighbor and tell him you're not a victim. You see, David had this mentality. You know who David was? David is the one that the father loves so much that he said that I'm sending my son Jesus Christ to come as the son of David. He will sit on the throne of David. You know who David was? David was this one who said he believed in God so much He's standing on that battlefield where everybody else is up on that mountain with Saul, shaking in fear, literally trembling in fear. And David says, no, you're not going to put your armor on me, Saul. And David takes it off. He always, always clothed in is the anointing of the Holy Ghost, right? He runs down to the, to the brook, the river, and he reaches out. He pulls the stones out, the weapons, the wisdom and the revelation he pulls out of the Holy Ghost. And he runs onto the battlefield and he says, I'm taking your head. I'm taking your head. Have you asked for the head of your enemy lately? Have you asked for the head of your enemy lately? Say this, say Jesus. Give me wisdom and revelation of the top three enemies that I face in this season. Shut your eyes right now. The Lord's giving you downloads right now. Now, now say this, say, I'm taking your head. 
Come on, I'm taking your head. I tolerate you no more. You see, the problem is a lot of the church thinks they are anointed, but they're bound in a culturally accepted practice of tolerance. Jesus said tolerance is actually your enemy. You know, in the book of Revelation, when Jezebel took over the church, Jesus said this, he says, I have this one thing against you, that you tolerate that woman Jezebel. Jesus hates tolerance. You're not there to be a victim. You're not there to be a slave. You're not there to be limited. You're not there to be bound. You are there to dominate the, the place. And you know how you dominate? You are a door to wisdom and revelation flowing through you. Because the word of the Lord, the prophecy of the Lord, cuts off the head of every giant. You know why David was so profound when he stood in front of that giant and he says, I'm taking your head, dude. You may be thinking I'm a dog. I'm, I'm just this lowly boy. I'm worthless. I don't have an ability, but I don't care what you say to me. This day, I'm taking your head. Come on, say it, this, say it with me, church. This day, I'm taking your head. Amen. That's why the Lord, my father in heaven said, I'm sending my son Jesus with the same mentality as the son of David. Jesus Christ right now today is sitting on the throne of David. He said that he would, when he comes, he would pour out his spirit and rebuild the tent of David. The tent, the place where the ark, the place where the rod budded. Didn't we have a prophecy about, about the budding of something that was dead? See, you're sitting here right now saying, I've never cast out a devil. I don't think that this is a real thing for me. Maybe, maybe, you know, all these excuses. But I'm here to prophesy over you that there's people in here who've never cast out the devil. But you're going to be, a, you're going to work in the anointing to cast out devils. Amen. Turn to the person next to you and tell them, you're going to cast out devils. You're going to take up serpents. You see, this mentality is a warrior mentality. It's an absolute warrior mentality. It's something that the church has been missing. It's something that the church has been... The church has been more worried about fitting in popular. And you, you saw it in this last season with COVID. Do what the government tells you. Come on, man. Did Jesus do what the government told him? Well, India doesn't allow guys like me to minister openly in the streets. So I'm just not going to go even though Jesus told me. Excuse after excuse after excuse. The government said you have to honor the government. You have to honor what men in authority. Guess what? If Satan's sitting on a throne and he's ruling over you, are you going to bow to Satan? You have... But you, you have to have discernment given back into your heart. And the only way you have discernment is in the power of the Holy Ghost to say, that's evil. And I'm born to hate evil. You're called to hunt your enemies. You're called to ask for the head of your enemies. You see, Jesus came with a completely different mentality. He was a warrior in the garden, not a gardener in the war. You ever hear that? He was a warrior in the garden, not a gardener in the war. You see, Adam, Adam walked in. He didn't realize he was in a war and he got his coat handed to him. He had his backside handed to him because he was a gardener. I'm just here to tender my garden. I'm just here to take care of my heart. Worship the Lord. Raise my hands. Everything's okay. It's a lie from the devil, boys. Jesus would not have said that these signs will follow those that believe if they didn't mean anything. In my name, you will cast out devils. You will have to fight. You will have to hunt your enemy. You will have to deliver your kids. You will have to pray over your wife. You will have to pray over your parents. You will have to pray for, your par for, for the people in the church. You will have to cast out devils. You'll have to walk down the street and lay hands on people that are, that are crippled. You'll have to do it. The world's in need of a deliverer. The world is in need of an absolute deliverer. So my question to you is, are you a warrior in the garden? Or are you a gardener in the war? Taken, manipulated, a victim of society, a victim of the American government, a victim of don't meet together, don't come together and pray, a victim of just come and sit in a pew. 
Oh, a victim of, that's not a devil. Everything's not a devil. They're just sick. They just, they're always sick. Come on, man. Jesus hates tolerance. You know, there's actually seven levels of tolerance. Let me go through them. Maybe you can pinpoint, identify exactly where your heart stands. Level one, entry level. Regression means to withdraw, decrease, or backslide just a little bit, meaning you basically look around tolerating it, right? Repression, lessened and quenched expression, things like joyless, lifeless, apathetic, You literally are trained to tolerate being manipulated, being bound and powerless and hopeless. You just tolerate it. Level three of tolerance is is the word suppression. means to squeeze down abnormally, to conceal, to suppress. Feelings and desires are actually limited because of the suppression that's on you. Level four, and something that we're probably most common in being able to recognize at least physically in people is depression. It means a psychotic or neurotic condition characterized by the inability to concentrate, insomnia, feelings of extreme sadness, dejection, and hopelessness. Level five, oppression, like depression, but carried to the nth degree. Obsession. Obsession gets a little weird because it is deep into your belief system that you have accepted the depression, you've accepted the oppression, and you've actually learned to cope and tolerate it. And so your belief system has been beat down to the point of you've just accepted it. It's just the way it is. It's the way my mom was. It's the way my dad was. It's the way my great-grandfather was. And that's just the way it is. You're in a war, boys and girls. You're in an absolute war. The seventh one, and I've only seen this a couple times, but the seventh one is is, uh, possession, in which the devil captures the immortal in an absolute total control of the devil. I could tell you some pretty crazy stories from just over the last six months of, of deliverances where literally the demon is speaking out of the person for 15, 20 minutes, falls to the ground, we're casting the demon out. The person gets up 90 minutes later and has no idea what just happened because it wasn't even there. They weren't present in the conversation. It was the demon that was called forward. Right? So does any of this ring a bell? Are you able to identify where you've been duped, where you've been actually trained or you've accepted a broken situation and said, that's my new normal. That's just the way it is. I'm going to accept it. Huh? You see, zero tolerance has to be learned. You first have to believe that Jesus Christ conquered all death, all hell, all pain, all oppression, all evil, all health issues. He conquered everything. And if you believe it, do you ever wonder why Jesus... Everywhere he went, he was addressing their belief. If you believe, if you believe, if you believe. And belief cannot coexist with tolerance of any of these seven definitions, whether you accept it just a little or you're actually possessed by your enemy. Tolerance and belief cannot coexist. Okay, belief in Christ and tolerance of evil cannot coexist. It's, it's called a, um, a reprobate mind. It's, it's called a mind that is rationalized the situation as opposed to what Jesus promises. And so the first thing we have to do is we literally have to um, embrace the fact of Jesus's victory. If, if, can you even discern the voice of your enemy? Do you know when the, when the enemy is manipulating you? Huh? Do you, do you know that when, when the enemy is, is, is trying to get its hooks in you and twist and turn something in you? Make you oppressed again? Make you broken again? 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Um, I'm just, I'm just going to read the scripture, verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, for casting out arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. What is the knowledge of God? The knowledge of God is not simply 
uh, scriptural context, the knowledge of God. One of the seven spirits is the spirit of knowledge, meaning that you are in the spirit. You believe so profoundly that you are able to discern the enemy trying to grab hold of your consciousness, trying to go, grab hold of your, your soul and break you and keep you down and, and, and literally become a stronghold in your life. Okay? And so it's really about your mind being able to discern spiritually, is it the voice of Satan and his, his minions or isn't it? Okay? And so... Being able to stand in the fact that Jesus washed you clean. He may, if, if, if either Jesus is true or he's not, and he either washed you, delivered you, raised you from the dead, or he didn't. And so what are you willing to tolerate? And you say, well, I prayed for five minutes three weeks ago and nothing happened. And then I, and then I went to church and I had four guys lay hands on me and nothing happened. So you know what? Jesus isn't real. I just quit. Well, guess what? That's not a warrior mentality. And that actually exposes the fact that you kind of believe that you really don't. You're somewhere in between one and seven of those tolerance ranges. You see, a person that believes will say, you know what? Jesus said I am made whole. Jesus said I have victory over the devil. Jesus says that I am not going to live with depression. And you begin to fast and you begin to pray in tongues and you begin to command that generational depression to go and you command it to go. And three days later, you come out of your room, you're feeling a little better, but you're not completely healed. And so you know what? You decide, I believe in Jesus. And you go back in that prayer room and you fast and pray for three more water only fasts. And guess what? It breaks a little bit more, but not entirely. And the pattern goes on until you actually take dominion with a warrior mentality. You become a warrior in the garden instead of a gardener in the war. What is the garden? Jesus actually defined your heart as his housing. Your heart is the garden. So in your heart, you possess the ability to believe in Jesus so profoundly that you don't tolerate your enemy in your garden. You actually drive the enemy out of your garden. So what's living in your garden? Come on, if you had to take inventory right now, what's living in your garden? What have you tolerated? What form of powerlessness? What form of despair? What form of brokenness? What form of past hurt? What form of bitterness have you let dwell in your heart instead of believing in Christ so profoundly that you refuse to tolerate Tolerate it because you've been commanded by Christ to love what is good and to hate what is evil. Yeah. You with me, church? Yeah. Got a, do I got any warriors in the house? Yeah. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> All right, let me tell you a story because I got, I got to tell you why this is such a profound thing in my life and how the Lord awoken me to this whole thing of, of spiritual warfare. Way back in 2005, I had just been baptized in the Holy Ghost. That's 17 years ago now. Hard to believe. But way back in 2005, I'd been baptized in the Holy Ghost. And within a couple weeks, I started, I don't know, I started praying for people. And I started seeing deliverance, started seeing visions, started prophesying. And it was just crazy. All these wild things started to happen. They put me in charge of the youth group, put me in charge of the men group. And all we did was pray and started casting out devils and we actually believe what the Bible said, right? And so um, this evangelist guy asked me to travel with him to the Indian reservation. Shelly and I both went. And so we're, at this, we're on this Indian reservation. And the first night, um, you know, we're, we're, in this, we're in this church and the evangelist uh, stands up and he starts to preach. And about two, three minutes into him preaching, all of a sudden in the back of the church, you hear this, gonna kill you and I, I was on one side of the church and I stand up I look back and this big like 350 pound uh, Navajo Indian had a guy in the pew in front of him around the neck and he was pulling him backwards over the pew and he's going I'm gonna kill you and I, I, I didn't even think I run back down the aisle and all I knew was Demons get cast out when I say, come out in Jesus' name. And so I come back and I literally 
tackled this Indian, this big Navajo Indian. I mean, when I say 350 pounds, dude, this guy was all of 350 pounds. He was a horse. And I put my, put my arms around this guy, and I, I started to choke him. And I'm saying, come out in Jesus' name. Come out in Jesus' name. And this guy starts to, to foam at the mouth, okay? He leaves go of the guy in front of him, which turned out to be one of the local pastors in, in the uh, reservation, okay? He leaves him go. And I have him by the neck and I'm going, come out, come out in Jesus' name, come out in Jesus' name. And I mean, it's on. Foam's coming out of this guy. He falls down and he starts to shake. And all of a sudden, green foam, I look, I swear to God, green foam starts coming out of this guy's mouth. Okay? He's laying there, five, ten minutes go by. And all of a sudden, I look around, I look back and uh, the, the evangelist with me, he's, he's with me, right? We're both, come out in Jesus' name, we're commanding demons to come out of this guy. And the whole church is standing on pews, looking over, trying to see because they've never seen us before. And if you know anything about um, the Indian culture, in particular the Navajo culture in the Southwest United States, um, the witch doctor is a real thing. The pe- they call it the peyote. And when they, when they talk about it, they are deathly afraid of the witch doctor because the witch doctor is so filled with demons that um, they claim to see these guys literally sh- uh, shapeshift. They, they are scared to death. And I mean, you would get these people throughout the week as I, as I learned about this. I'm asking people and they're saying, oh yeah, we saw this guy turn into a wolf. And to us regular Americans, we're like, get out of here. I mean, it's not real, right? And so, I'm, anyway, I'm telling you that to, to explain what we're dealing with here, okay? This pastor comes over. This, the, the, the Indian is still laying on the ground. Foam's coming out of his mouth. He's, he's shaking. And, and this pastor, this local pastor comes up and he goes, wow. He goes, that's pretty impressive. He goes, he goes we've never seen this. He goes, you know what that, what that guy is? He, he's, he's peyote. He's he's witch doctor. I'm going, what the heck? I mean, what? You know, I pick fights with anybody, right? Well, I didn't know there was going to be retaliation. Anybody ever experienced retaliation? Yeah. Spiritual retaliation? So this guy gets calmed down. The evangelist is with him. The other pastors are around him. I'm just a new guy. I had literally only been baptized in the Holy Ghost four months. This was August of 2005. I got baptized in the Holy Ghost on May 1st of 2005. Cast out devils, doing it all, right? Well, I'm backing off. I'm just, I'm like, what the heck just happened? I'm standing in the back of the church, sweat dripping off me. And all of a sudden I feel these hands around my neck. Okay. And I start, it's literally choking me. And there's no, there is no, when I say nobody around me, there's nobody around me. And I'm feeling these hands around my neck and it's squeezing me and squeezing and I'm going, in the name of Jesus, leave, go in Jesus' name and I'm fighting this thing and and all of a sudden, boom, its hands left me. And I thought everything was cool, right? I didn't say anything to anybody. It was my battle in the back of the church. Everybody's eyes are on the peyote guy, the witch doctor. But as the night went on, you know, I'm catching, the, the, I'm catching for the evangelist. Bodies are falling, sweat's dripping off of me. You know, I'm, I'm like, something doesn't feel right. I, I actually feel pretty sick. And the night goes on, the night goes on. We get back to the compound on the reservation about 1 a.m. Shelly has all the, the youth girls. I've got the youth boys. And so I'm, I'm over, I'm over in, the, in, in the dorm. And I'm laying there and I'm like, oh my gosh. And like the sickness came on me. The next thing you know... I'm hovered over the porcelain throne. I'm literally starting to throw up. I mean, literally, it's coming out. It's I'm throwing up, and I'm saying, "Come out in Jesus' name!" And you know, it hit me that this was a spirit of murder. This guy was trying to kill this pastor in front of me, and so I'm, I'm like, "Come out of me, murder! Come out of me!" This thing was trying to kill me, right? And so. I'd go back over to my bed and I'm thinking I'm okay after I, I, I have, you know, I'm throwing up, I'm having deliverance. Sickness comes on me. This goes on all night long. Finally, at about six o'clock in the morning, I mean, this was a fight all night long. I am so weak. I, th- I literally thought at this point, this thing had beaten me down so powerfully, I thought I was going to die. 
And I'm screaming, I'm, I'm, I'm beating on her door. I'm like, call Brian. The evangelist's name was Brian. I said, call Brian. I'm going to die, right? I mean, I'm laying there. And um, Brian and his wife were staying in the hotel. They got to, we got to, we got the compound. They got the awesome hotel, right? So anyway, they get in their car at 6 a.m. They come flying in the compound. <clears throat> Brian walks in, lays his hand on me, and his wife's name was Karen, laid their hands on me. And I'm sitting there, I mean, this, I, I just, had, you talk about heaviness and oppression. I literally thought I was going to die. I'm, I'm moaning. I'm, my body's in pain. I'm aching. And they both put their hands on me, and they start to pray in tongues. They start to pray in the Spirit. And all of a sudden, wisdom and revelation came on Karen. And Karen started to say, I see a dragon. And she started to explain what she was seeing in the spirit about this dragon and what it was doing to me. And the next thing you know, Brian, Brian was, Brian's a wild man. Brian's like, I command this spirit. And he's naming, he's naming this dragon. He, come out in Jesus' name. Come out in Jesus' name. And this battle went on for like 15 minutes. And all of a sudden, it was one of the most profound spiritual encounters and revelations I ever had in my life. I'm laying on the table as they're praying for me. And from the top of my head, I started to feel this thing peeling off my face then it peeled off my chest it peeled off my stomach peeled off my thighs and off my feet and in an instant I stood up energized like I have never been energized ever before in my life I knew the devil was real I had seen devils come out. I had cast devils out of people. But when I was in a war for my life and I felt this thing peel off of me, it was supernaturally. And I said, I want to do that. I went home and I, I began to pray and fast like a madman. Lord, I want what Karen Adams did. Whatever that gift is, I wanted it. And I started to pray like a madman. And for for a long time, I would pray and fast. Every other week, I'd, I'd do a three-day fast, water only. And I would pray in tongues for hours a day and ask the Lord, I want wisdom and revelation to cast out devils, to take up serpents, to heal the sick. Lord, that's what I want. And the, the, the moral of, of the story is that there's a supernatural weapon, Right? It wasn't enough just for me, a new believer, to say, come out. I believe, I believe, I believe, come out. And nothing was happening. But when reinforcements came, when the church came, when the true church of power came into the room and wisdom and revelation began to name that demon, began to identify what to, what to pray, what to prophesy, what to speak, that thing was powerless to the to the prophecy of the Lord. That thing was powerless to the word of knowledge, to the wisdom and revelation that was coming off of their tongue. It was like they had supernatural power. They had, they had the ability to cause this thing to lift off of me. Anybody want that? Huh? Say this with me. Say, Jesus, fill me now with wisdom and revelation to cast out devils to take the heads of my enemy, to take up serpents, to heal the sick, to overcome every curse on me that my future generations would live in the dominion of the Holy Ghost in Jesus' name. You see, the gospel was a call to war. From that day forward, baby, it was on. You couldn't tell me. You couldn't convince me. You, you, there wasn't a preacher alive. I, I, even the spiritual guys in our church would say, everything's not a devil. I'd say, yeah, you're true. But to my experience, there's a lot of them that are. Yeah. Right? There's a lot of things that are. And there's more people neglecting the spirit realm and the fact that they're being tormented. They've accepted. They've, they've tolerated it. They've rationalized it. They didn't even venture into the spirit world to fight their battle. They just endure it. I'm just a sinner. Saved by grace. Well, I'll tell you what. You just go ahead being a sinner, powerless sinner, saved by grace. And I'm going to be a baptized in the Holy Ghost. Tongue talking, devil casting out, and super... That's it. That is a word, casting out. The word take up serpents has two, two key components. It means to be separated from demonic spirit, spirits, and it means to fight. Are you willing to fight? Yeah. 
Do you know you have an enemy hunting you? Do you know you have a target on your back? And don't think that just because I decided to cast the devil out of a witch doctor that that's the only reason that I got in trouble. Okay? And don't say that I better not try to cast out a devil or I might end up like David and be paralyzed by by a dragon spirit. There is no place for fear in the kingdom. The Lord had it all orchestrated. He had it all planned. He had my back. As, As he awakened a warrior to go in and drive a demon out of a witch doctor that got saved that night, and I had to go home and deal with his demons because of the retaliation, the Lord sent reinforcements into my hotel room, into my compound room, to deliver me, and not only deliver me, to cause a hunger and thirst in me, to want the revelation, to cast out devils and heal the sick and hunt demon powers. Yeah. Is there anybody in here that wants to hunt the demons that have haunted you? Huh? You're supposed to be a wisdom-filled warrior. Title of the book, the, the book, the book, there's a scripture in Proverbs 21, verse 22. It says, wisdom-filled warriors ascend the mountain of God to get the weapons that kill your enemies. Read it. That's in Proverbs. That's wisdom. You want the wisdom of God? Decide you're going to pray and hunt down the Lord in such a way that He pours out wisdom and revelation in your life because you know that there are weapons that kill the enemy, the curses that haunt you and your bloodline and the people around you. Amen? Come on, man. I was born to cast out devils. Say it with me. I was born to cast out devils and to take up serpents, to break curses, to conquer my enemies, to set the captive free. Heal the brokenhearted. Open the prison door. And bring spiritual wisdom and revelation to the people the Lord sends me. That they would no longer be blind in the Spirit. But they'd be filled with the Holy Ghost. And I said all of that to get to what I wanted to prophesy over you tonight. Okay? Because there is a prophecy with this. Are you, are you ready to be changed? Are you ready to be transformed? Are you ready to be filled with something that you've never been filled with before? Come on, because your hunger will dictate what you receive. My hunger and the revelation of having that demon peeled off of me on that table dictated that one day he would baptize me in anointing and start sending me to different states and different churches to India. Because I believed that there was an answer to break the devil's head. Lord, I want the head of my enemies. I want the head of my wife's enemy. I want the head of Bailey's enemy. I want the head of Cole's enemy. I want the head of Cameron's enemy. I want the head of the well church that hunts the well church. I want the head of the of the demon power, the Goliath that hunts the church in Kansas City. I want the demon power of, 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 of I want its head that hunts Rochester, New York. I want the head of the demon that hunts Vijuwada, India. Give me their head, Lord. If nobody else will fight for him, I'll fight for him. Give me their head. Come on, say it with me. Give me the head of the demon that rules over Zanesville, that rules over Heath, that rules over this region. I want their head this day. I'm taking your head. Feels pretty good, doesn't it? Come on, man. You were born to be a warrior in the garden, not a gardener in the war. You're not a casual Christian. You have a purpose. You were born with an an intention, a desire, a a, a specific dominating, ruling, breakneck power in the Holy Ghost. You're not a victim. Look, turn to your neighbor and tell him you're not a victim. So if you're thinking like a victim, tell them if you're thinking like a victim, you've been duped. Victim, come out. You're not a victim. Jesus doesn't anoint people to stay victims. You might be a victim when he baptizes you in power, but you're supposed to rise off Uh, Rise up out of the grave in the power of the Holy Ghost with power 
over the devil. Amen. Those are the keys that Jesus carries. And if you hold the keys that Jesus gives you, whatever you bind on earth is already bound in heaven. Whatever you prophesy, whatever you release from the Lord, whatever wisdom and revelation you release from your mouth, you are releasing the dominion power of Jesus Christ. That's why demons shake and tremble when you prophesy. That's why people are healed. Because you believe. Because wisdom and revelation flows through you. Which gets to the point of what I want to prophesy to you about. So minding my own business, I had a completely different message I was going to preach to you. Up until Shelly and I went to dinner on Thursday night, she goes, what are you going to preach about? I started to talk about some stuff. Well, I went home that night. And obviously our conversation led us in a different way because I had a dream about what I just talked to you about. In this dream, I see Steve and Tabby. They're in this beautiful valley, this beautiful lush valley. There's a mountaintop, snow-capped mountaintop. And they're, they're, they're walking in the valley and there's this chicken coop. <laughs> they go into the chicken coop do you ever try to chase a chicken? Did you ever walk into a chicken coop and try to get your hands on a chicken? You know how long it takes you? You can spend a lot of time trying to get your hands on a chicken. And maybe some of you are already seeing where I'm going with this, but Steve and Tabby walked into the chicken coop and they start chasing chickens around the coop. And finally they, they grab one, Steve and Tabby die, they grab a hold of the chicken. They, they pick up the chicken Steve's got it under, under, his, under his arm and Tabby pulls out the oil. They take, they take the chicken out of the coop. They walk out into the, the lush green valley. Tabby pours the oil over the chicken and Steve launches the chicken up into the air and instantly it becomes an eagle. And that eagle begins to take flight. Steve and Tabby go back into the chicken coop. They grab another chicken. You see where I'm going? They grab another chicken. Chicken after chicken after chicken until all of the chickens were removed from the chicken coop. They were taken out of the cage that they thought they were supposed to live in and they were taken out into the valley, anointed with oil, launched up in the air and they were transformed. They were able to be moved by the wind of heaven. Okay? That's not the end of it. I watched. I'm in, I'm in a dream. I'm literally watching. I'm like, I'm cheering in the dream. And I'm watching all these eagles. These eagles are flying. And all of a sudden I notice that the eagles are flying back and they're carrying snakes. <laughs> and I don't know where I got this picture, but it kind of looked like this. It kind of it looked like these eagles carrying snakes. <laughs> they're carrying snakes back. And I turn around. Steve and Tabby are still out in the valley. And I turn around and I see Jesus has ch changed the chicken coop into a snake pit. And I see these eagles bringing snakes and dropping these snakes into the pit one by one. And I see Jesus now pointing Steve and Tabby. I want this one. And they pull out a cobra and they chop off its head. I want this one. He pulls out a python and he starts chopping off his head. And you may say, how in the world can a guy like that have a dream that long? Didn't he say that he would give you dreams and visions that he would download it to you in the night season and visions and dreams, supernatural wisdom and revelation, information that is crucial for the transformation that is in front of you. And I'm here to prophesy to you tonight, folks. I'm here to tell you you're not a bunch of chickens. You may think that you're just supposed to dwell in the coop, but the Lord says he's, he's sent you some shepherds to anoint you in the power of the Holy Ghost, and you're no longer bound in fear. You're no longer chickens, but you're eagles. Right? You're eagles. You see, the contrast between an eagle and a chicken is profound. A chicken, well, that's why they call it a chicken. <laughs> Come on, man. Jesus is saying, you're not a bird ground to the earth willing to tolerate being uh, fed up or, or content in a coop. You're an eagle. You're a snake killer. You're one who sees from above in visions and dreams and words of knowledge and supernatural abilities to see from afar to swoop down onto your enemy that can't see you coming and to rip that serpent out of your life. That's wisdom and revelation. Right? 
Didn't the Lord say, Isaiah 41, you will mount up upon wings as eagles? Didn't he say that? You were, you were born to be mounted up upon wings as eagles. The problem is, there's a lot of eagles that have been baptized in the Holy Ghost that don't know their power and authority. That to me is probably the bigger problem. In a church like this, that's the bigger problem. Are you using the gifts in the way that the Lord said you are to use the gifts? In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1, the Lord said this. I, do, I wish that you were not ignorant of the wind of the Holy Spirit, the word pneumaticos, the wind of God. Paul said, I wish you were not ignorant of the wind of the Spirit. And he goes on to say, because the wind of the Spirit will lift you. You will have visions, dreams, prophecy, words of knowledge, healing, discernment, tongues, interpretation of tongues, all the gifts of the Spirit, all the supernatural revelation of heaven is because you fly. And so the issue is, and here's where you get into the hard part about being a victim. Are you neglecting your anointing? Huh? It's one thing if you've never been baptized in the Holy Ghost and you've, you just don't know. It's a whole other thing if you've been baptized in the Holy Ghost and you still, what's the term I used before? A pickle in a pew? Yeah. <laughs> a pickle in lime juice? Huh? There's no pickles in a pew here, are there? Lay your hand on the person next to you and say this. Say in the name of Jesus. I command that chicken spirit. Some leave them now. Now in Jesus' name. Chicken spirit, come out. You're not a chicken. You're not bound in fear. You're an eagle. Flying high. On the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Wisdom is yours. Revelation is yours. In the name of Jesus. Come on, prophesy. You're a war eagle. You're a war eagle. You're a war eagle. You were born to hunt serpents. Cobras. Pythons. Dragons. Rats. Dogs. Bats. Spiders. Every demonic power. I'm hunting you. Go now in Jesus' name. Come out. Woo. You see, you guys are warriors in the garden. You're not gardeners in a war. I know there's people struggling in this season. You're bombarded by CNN and a government that's trying to make you so afraid that you buy into the lie. You need the pharmacy. I'm here to tell you you need Jesus. You need the Holy Ghost a heck of a lot more than you need some drug. You think some drug's going to protect you? You think the death rate is skyrocketing? Do you ever look at the death rates in, the, in comparing 2018, 19, 20, 21? They're all the same. So where's the pandemic? Where is it? Where is it? Come on, man. I know there's people here who struggled in this last year that you are afraid. It's okay. I'm not telling you that you're condemned because you're afraid. I'm telling you to acknowledge the fact that some of you are afraid. And we're here tonight to drive that demonic power from you. Because it's just not you thinking you're afraid. It's a spirit whispering in your ear trying to convince you that you are more subject to a government's voice than you are to the voice of Jesus Christ. And that is a lie from the devil. Jesus Christ is King. Jesus is Lord. He is the one who heals. He is the one who delivers. No government ever delivered me. I don't delay. I don't depend on my government for money, for protection, for sustenance. Nothing. I depend on Jesus Christ. Come on, man. The Lord is awakening eagles in here tonight. Who here struggled with fear in the last year? Don't be ashamed. Come on up here. Come on, you guys are liars. If you guys weren't liars, you'd be casting devils out up and down Zanesville. You'd be laying hands on people up and down Zanesville. You're afraid of something. Come on, why, why would the Lord give me a 
vision, a dream of you guys in a chicken coop. And the Lord's saying there's an answer for you. It's called the anointing. The anointing. Jesus Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit is what turns chickens into eagles. Come on, man. Some of you are lying. Who here has never had a vision? You guys have all had visions. Come on up here. All right, so you guys are all, I'm fishing here. I'm doing an evangelist fishing expedition. You guys are all seeing wisdom and revelation and driving demons and, 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 and doing the gifts of the Holy Ghost. Every one of you. Every one of you? Come on, quit your lying. If, if you need wisdom and revelation, I want you to run up here. If you're struggling with fear, if you are a victim of what's going on right now in the world, I want you to run up here. Say this with me. Say, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for wisdom and revelation. I thank you for making me a hunter instead of the one being hunted. I thank you for making me a warrior instead of a gardener. I thank you for making me a snake hunter for taking up serpents and casting out devils. I am your war eagle. Chicken spirit, leave me now. Anoint me again, Lord, and break the yoke of heaviness. I refuse to tolerate heaviness. I refuse to tolerate oppression. I refuse to tolerate shallow thinking. Cause me to think with your mind. Give me your vision, Lord, and I will dwell in your vision. Give me your dream, and I will dwell in your dream. Anoint me right now, Lord, to raise the dead, heal the sick, cast out devils, and baptize. No longer will I settle for sitting in a chicken coop, confined, limited, bound, unable, broken, and earthbound. Lord, anoint me. Break the yoke. Right now, tonight, Lord, break the yoke. You said you promised to send the anointing. That breaks the yoke. Right now, Lord. Anoint me in power. And break every yoke of sickness. Break every yoke of, of cursing. Break every yoke of fear. Break every yoke of limitation. Break every yoke of spiritual blindness. Flood my heart with light. In the name of Jesus. Come on, Lord, right now. Thank you for joining this week's episode of the School of the Holy Spirit. For more information or to request David at your church or conference, please go to davidcuppet.org, D-A-V-I-D-C-U-P-P-E-T-T dot O-R-G, or fivestoneministries.org. You can also find the School of the Holy Spirit podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Charisma Magazine. For a deeper dive into the Holy Spirit, we encourage you to purchase David's new book entitled Wisdom-Filled Warriors, available on Amazon. We pray that you will encounter the Holy Spirit in a transforming way and become all that Christ has prophesied over your life.